relent weary traveller, relent! The publishers cannot be held responsible for the mind-bending horrors that await you on the Galaxy of Goosebumps podcast! Welcome to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. Today we're talking about the green goo that's coming after you. It's Goosebumps number three, Monster Blood. I'll give you a quick look at the cover here and what four words spring to mind. No, it's not Shrek just blew his load, it's classic Tim Jacobus cover art. As you can see, it's incredibly creepy, incredibly gross, and it draws you in. It doesn't matter that this scene isn't even depicted in the story, or that no one actually wears the glasses that are seen on the front cover. It makes you want to open the book, and what more can you ask for? Tagline is, it's a monster blood drive, playing on the term blood drive. Uh, I could give or take that one, to be honest. And the blurb reads as follows. Blood, blood everywhere. While staying with his weird great-aunt Catherine, Evan visits a funky old toy store and buys a dusty can of monster blood. It's fun to play with at first, and Evan's dog Trigger likes it so much he eats some. But then Evan notices something weird about the green, slimy stuff. It seems to be growing, and growing, and growing. And all that growing has given the monster blood a monstrous appetite. So Evan's parents are looking for a house in Atlanta, and in the meantime, he's staying with his great-aunt Catherine. Why he doesn't go with his parents is never explained, and why the only person to look after this child is a woman he hasn't seen for ten years is never fully explained, but let's go for it. Aunt Catherine is totally deaf and totally eccentric, with only her black cat Cerebeth for company. Needless to say, Evan isn't too thrilled about the arrangement. He does, however, make a new friend in the form of Andy, who is a uh, funny and quirky girl who lives on the same neighbourhood, something of a young Zoe Deschanel, and together they go to a funky old toy store, as it's described in the blurb, and buy a can of monster blood. And that's where the fun really begins. Once they open the can, the monster blood won't stop growing, and much of the story involves the two children trying to figure out what to do with this ever-expanding green substance. Also, Evan's dog eats some of the monster blood, causing the small cocker spaniel to grow to the size of a larger breed of dog. As it grows, it devours everything in its path, and it seemed to consume small animals and two uh, heavy metal t-shirt wearing twins that were bullying Evan and Andy earlier in the book. It chases them down the street and into Aunt Catherine's house, and this is where it gets really interesting. You see, it turns out that Sarah Beth, the cat, is actually a shape-shifting witch. Twenty years ago, she put a spell on Aunt Catherine to make her deaf and also prevented her from leaving the house or having any association. When Evan arrived in Aunt Catherine's house, the cat, the witch, was worried that he would find some way to break the spell over Aunt Catherine. So, the cat, which is also the witch, made Aunt Catherine put a spell on the monster blood when Evan first brought it home, causing it to, I guess, keep growing and eventually consume him. But before the monster blood can consume everybody in the house, Trigger, the dog, now the size of a small horse, bursts in, knocks Sarah Beth, now in human form, 
into the monster blood. The monster blood consumes her. Somehow, every single spell is broken. Aunt Catherine can hear again, and everybody's safe. Evan goes to pick up the monster blood, which is shrunk back to its original size, but it's mysteriously disappeared. The whole thing is just bullshit. Back when I was a lad, I actually found Monster Blood to be my favourite of all the Goosebumps books. But upon rereading, I think that's less to do with the whole Monster Blood angle as this, you know, new kid in a new town making new friends. I think that's the idea I was attracted to more than anything. The idea of a green slime that just keeps growing and consuming people is fair enough and well suited for a Goosebumps book, but the ending is just inconsistent with the rest of the story, which doesn't feature any magical elements, or the rest of the Monster Blood sequels, which don't retain any of those plot points. So just to clarify, the Monster Blood, which is the focus of the story and the title, is not actually supernatural in any way. It really is just a toy that happened to have a spell cast on it. Wouldn't it have been better if it didn't have an explanation? It was just some weird thing that kept growing and there wasn't this whole magic spell resolution? Hell, I think the idea of an old woman being kept hostage in a house by her cat, who's actually a witch, is fair enough, but it seems like they're two different stories that were just crammed into one and much like the monster blood itself, it's just a big mess. Still, it did give us Monster Blood and the Monster Blood series. There will be three more in the main series of Goosebumps, all of which are a marked improvement from this first entry, so perhaps we can't be too harsh on it. However, if you're only choosing to read the very best Goosebumps books, I would definitely give this one a miss. As always, thank you for watching, and please join me next time when I review Goosebumps number 4, Say Cheese, and Die. Please stay spooky.